Luke chapter number 16. Luke chapter 16, I'll give you just a minute to find your place. And um, uh, <laughs> I, I told you that our singers would like this platform over here, but I forgot that I might be the first one to try it. It was different looking down on everybody instead of looking just about eyeball to eyeball on everybody. So I don't know how it was looking up at everybody, but uh, it is different. I, I didn't take that into consideration. But um, Luke chapter number 16, Luke 16, we're going to read this very, very familiar passage. I, I really wanted to be in Numbers chapter 16 this morning. Number 16 gives an account of a man by the name of Korah. How many remember Korah in your Bible reading? Some of y'all raised your hand. Korah came against the the, the man of God, Moses, and he began to uh, kind of make some accusations that what really his to make and and uh, Moses went to God about it, and, and God got bent out of shape about it, and rightly so. Again, he is the righteous judge. But in uh, Numbers chapter 16, something happened that I want to deal with this morning. The Bible says that the earth opened up itself, and Korah and all that appertained to him was swallowed up by the earth alive, and they went down into the pit. So this morning I want to try to preach about hell, and I'm going to use, I don't know necessarily that I will use Korah, but I wanted to paint that picture of my heart this morning. But I want to look at the Gospel of Luke and read this passage about the rich man and Lazarus. Now I'm not going to, for sake of time, I'm not going to read all of it, but I want us to look namely at verse 23. You've read it enough. You know what the Bible says. We find that there's this rich man and there's Lazarus and uh, Lazarus is eating from the rich man's table, the crumbs, what have you. They both die and verse 23 the rich man dies and was buried, verse 23, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom, he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. He said, and beside all of this, and I, I wonder, honestly, this morning, as I've studied this, I wonder if probably one of the worst points of order about this particular passage is the fact that it says, beside all of this, there is a great gulf fixed. Notice what it says, verse 26, so that they that which would come, that would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. I want to try to preach quickly on this thought, the place of hell. The place of hell. 
as I, I began to pin some things down after our Bible study yesterday, uh, I, I thought I was going a different direction in today's message. And um, f- for whatever reason, I, I, I've really racked my brain. Uh, though that first verse there in Romans chapter 5, verse number 1, says absolutely nothing about hell. But we talked for 15 minutes about hell. And, and I cannot figure it out. I don't know why. Uh, but there were conversations and there was ideas about studies about hell. And so throughout the day, my, my thought was on this idea of hell. And so I, I want to try to deal with this. And, and in reading some uh, between yesterday morning and this morning, I came across a preacher back in the 1800s. His name was Henry Ward Beecher. And he said, future retribution is only alluded to. Future retribution is only alluded to. Now, he was a preacher, and he wrote about, he's speaking of hell here, and he says in his day, we're talking about the the late 1800s, even the early 1900s, he is speaking about hell, and he says, Nick, that it is only alluded to. He said in his day, preachers didn't preach about hell. They just, if you're bad, you'll go to hell. All right. And so he went on and he said, uh, to honor, to the honor of the pulpit and to the honor of God be it said. He said, preach about hell. If you begin to look about hell in all of its different, uh, titles or designations, you'll find really that Christ in his ministry spoke more about hell and judgment than he did about heaven. And so I believe that there's some weightiness about that that we need to consider this morning. Uh, hell is mentioned by a lot of different names. Back in November I preached about hell and I mentioned uh, Guyana, I mentioned Sheol, I mentioned uh, uh, Hades, I mentioned all of those, tried to give you uh, some, some, some information about those, but in your Bible, you'll find that hell is referred to as eternal damnation, outer darkness, resurrection of damnation, everlasting destruction, blackness of darkness, eternal punishment, bonds, chains, and unending torments. And so today, I want to deal with the place of hell. And in that, we'll deal with several other kind of subcategories, but I want to point out, number one, talking about this place of hell, that it is a prepared place. I need to tell you this morning that that uh, regardless of your age, hell is very relevant. You may be young, you may be a young boy in here, you may be a young girl in here, but I want you to hear my, my words that hell is very relevant to you. What I mean by that is it should be important to you. It does not matter if you're a young child or if you're a senior adult. Hell should be very, very important to you. You say, well, I'm saved and I don't have to worry about hell. You're, you're exactly right. You don't have to worry about hell. But hell should be an ever-present concern for you, not for yourself, but for those that you love, those that you cherish. Because if we live our lives as though there is not a hell, then we're not going to live our lives trying to point folks away from hell. 
We're, we're, we're going to get in a rut and we're going to begin to live like, okay, I'm alright, I'm saved, I'm free, I'm delivered from hell. And though, so we begin to live our lives as though everybody else is and we become blinded to the need. So hell is not only relevant, but, but, uh, if I can say this, hell is real. Hell is a real place. Um, we, I, I watched some, I guess maybe last year, uh, I was on a, a, a movie kick and I watched, um, I don't even remember the, uh, it's got Frodo and, uh, what are those, some of y'all, what are they called? Lord of the, Lord of the Rings. I watched those. I was so confused when I got out of that thing. I have no idea. They say it has some spiritual content in it. I, I lost every bit of it. I could not tell you what. But they had they had all of these lands and all of these uh, um, uh, uh, animals and all of these people, different people groups, and they made all of these things up. But guess what? They are made up. Uh, I, 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 there's different programs that I like to watch, different things that I like to get into, but every single one of them are false. They are fake. They are made up. There are places in my mind that I can go to that's just kind of a, a place where I can just kind of relax and, and I can go to and I pick some good parts from here, some good parts from this, but Brother Kurt, there is not a real place that I can go to like I've imagined in my mind because it is just that. It is something imagined. But hell is not imagined. It is not a fairy tale. It is a very real place. And this morning I want to warn us all that it is a prepared place. Now, we look here, number one, uh, at being a prepared place, we see that it is prepared with a purpose. The Bible says in Matthew chapter number 25, verse number 41, uh, Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. I've given this illustration before, uh, but when the devil came before the Lord and he began to say, I will, I will, I will, and he kept on and on and on, but he got to that point and he said, I will be like the Most High. God cast him out of heaven and God cursed him for the, all of his days throughout eternity. At that point, maybe even before, there was a place prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, you and I, we understand, according to Scripture, we'll get to it in a moment, uh, that those that reject God will end up in hell. Can I get an amen right there? Uh, but I want you to know that God made hell specifically for the devil and for his angels. That was their abode. That was their punishment for rising up against God and trying to overthrow heaven. Uh, it was not designed for men and for women and for children. Uh, but as a result of men's wickedness and sinfulness, uh, they too must be placed in that prepared place for the devil and his angels. It is prepared with a purpose. In Revelation chapter number 20, verse number 3, the Bible talks, this is towards the end of the age, and the Bible talks that one of these days the devil will be cast into the bottomless pit. 
The bottomless, it is prepared. It is a bottomless pit. I was telling them at, at Bible study yesterday, there's a scientist, maybe you've heard of him. His name is Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's very, very educated man. I thought for a long time because of things that he said, I thought that he was a Christian. Now, I, I'm not sure that he is. If he is, we don't agree on certain things. But someone sent him a, a question uh, that said, if you dug a hole through the center of the earth and jumped in, what would happen? Here's what he said. He said, well, first of all, uh, in reality, if that were to happen, you would disintegrate because of the the heat that came from the center of the earth, all right? So this is a scientist, Brother Jody, and he's talking about that heat that's in the center of the earth, that the Word of God talks about the heat in the center of the earth. Where he's wrong, though, he says you'll disintegrate. The Bible says that you'll never die. You'll never die in hell. But he went on to say, talking about jumping in, he said, if by chance you had the whole dub and it was from one side to the other side and you were able to jump in, when you began to jump, he said, the uh, terminal velocity uh, would take over and you would fall and fall and fall until you got to the center of the earth and the gravity uh, that, that is pulling within and pulling out would keep you forevermore spinning around. Uh, when you think you got to one side, you would be pulled back to the center of the center of the earth. And now he doesn't understand, uh, but maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Uh, but to my little pea-picking brain, what he was describing, Benji, was the bottomless pit. <laughs> We're not talking about a pit that goes straight down, but I believe that it is a pit that is bottomless in the center of the earth and it is constantly turning it is rotating I can't understand it Leah I cannot comprehend it but I do know that the scripture tells that one of these days the devil will be cast into the bottomless pit and that that place was prepared for the devil and his angels and those that reject God will go to that place we see that in this place that's prepared with a purpose that it's full of darkness. I tried to look. I, I, I heard someone say years ago that the hottest flame was a black flame. And I've tried my best to figure that out, but it, it, it's not true. I, I wish it was true because that would make a lot more sense that there was darkness and there was a black flame. But uh, a black flame is, is simply a, it, it is a flame, but the the, the the colors are not seen, okay? So it, it's actually just kind of a figment. But they said the hottest flame is a violet flame. Purple. Purple. So from the lightest, you have the yellows, the oranges, the reds, and then it gets a little darker and it turns into blue, and then it, the hottest is that violet. I don't exactly understand all there is to know about hell and this fire, but I do know that it is described as being a place that is dark, that it is a place of unquenchable fire, that it is a place of everlasting fire. It is a place, the Bible says, where their worm dieth not. 
We talked yesterday, it, could it be that that worm is the memory of every gospel message that you spoke? Maybe it, maybe it's a physical worm. I don't know. I'm not going to argue either way about it. But I just, I just wonder if folks today, if churches today, if people sitting on the pews today that are professing to be a child of God, do you truly understand what hell is? It is a prepared place. Number two, it is a populated place. I, I, I went nearly all of my life until I turned about 35 years old hearing, hearing people talk about giving illustrate preachers giving illustrations about folks saying, I've got a front row seat in hell. And I'm happy about it, essentially. And I thought, there's no way that's true. There's no way that that's true. About six or seven years ago, I met a man that said just that. He says, I know I'm going to hell. And I have no problem at all with that. Kurt, that's, that's where we live now. But I wonder if the reason that that can even be said is because that we've forgot to tell about hell and the realness of hell. And the fact that hell is going to be populated not with some party. Hell is not going to be populated with 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 a chorus truck filled to the brim or or uh, Jim Beam whiskey. Uh, hell is not going to be something where you're having parties on the side and and you're having women on the side and you got your 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 hookup in the middle anytime you want to. Hell is not a place that 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 you're going to enjoy. Hell, as I've already mentioned, it is a place prepared. It is a bottomless pit. It is it is prepared with darkness. It is prepared for the devil and his angels, but is populated by the fallen. I just told you, again, it is prepared for the devil and his angels in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down into hell and deliver them into chains of darkness to, and to be reserved under judgment. I want you to know today that, that, that hell is a populated place and it's populated by the fallen. So those folks, maybe someone in here this morning that says, well, I've got my life fully ahead of me. Some of y'all were at Ashton's graduation yesterday and I don't know the gentleman, uh, uh, don't know, I don't know anybody up there, but, uh, I guess the administrator told about a young boy that he met, came to the school, and ended up passing away. And I heard kind of through the grapevine that the boy passed away suddenly. Samantha, do you know how old this boy was? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Fifth grade, 10 or 11 years old. Four wheeler accident is what, the way I understand. I don't even want to ask how many of y'all have four-wheelers. How many of y'all have motorcycles? We've already established to be a member of the church, you cannot have a motorcycle. <laughs> Stanley, give me a motion and second on that something other. 
Life is fleeting. You may think, well, I've got a girlfriend, I'm a junior in high school, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a freshman in high school, I'm in the eighth grade or I'm in the fourth grade, everything is fine, I've got my life ahead of me. I, listen, I've got a son, I've got a daughter, my wife loves me, I've got a home, or maybe you're there, well, I don't have anything, but I don't need God. I don't need I don't need anything the church has to offer. I want you to know something. You're exactly right. You do not need anything the church has to offer. But you do need the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Because if you do not have the Lord Christ in your life, then your place, your place, your place is going to be hell. And you are going to be in a place that's populated by the devils and his angels. You are going to, your life may be very quickly removed from you, stamped out. Your life, just like that, could be stamped out and you spend eternity in a, in hell. Amen. And it's not going to be with your buddies. It's not going to be with your girlfriend that you thought you'd spend every every last minute of your life with. No, 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 no. Jude chapter number 1, talking about these fallen. Verse number 6, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Notice also... The population, this, this, this is a populated place. It's populated by pretenders. Yeah. I need y'all to help me. I've been in church for, been saved for 31 years, so I've been in church probably for 32, 33, 34 years, something like that. Some of you a lot longer than that. And I can tell you, there are a lot of pretenders. In church. What's sad is I don't even know that they know that they're pretending. I think they believed something and they're hoping maybe, maybe something someone else said or something someone else did will, will kind of give them some hope with God. Maybe if they can, maybe if they can give to the church, that'll be okay. Maybe if they can, you know, uh, you know, preacher wants you to dress right when you come to church. So maybe, maybe if I dress right, maybe if I do what the preacher asked me to do, maybe if I, outside of Christ, there is no hope to avoid hell. Amen. You can put your makeup on. You can put your best suit of clothes on. You, you, you can give to every poor person in Sumter County. But outside of receiving the free gift of Christ, (laughs) you're doomed to hell. It's populated by the pretenders. I, I, I I hesitate. I really do hesitate to read this because, because I, I, I don't want to take it out of context, but I believe if, if you'll, if you'll allow me, to read in Matthew chapter 7 and, and, and just kind of quickly take these verses and, and make an illustration. I believe it'll help you. But Matthew 27, 22, Matthew 7 verse 22 and 23. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils 
And in thy name done many wonderful works. And Jesus said in verse number 23, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. These verses have confused people all over the globe for years. All over. I'm going to tell you something. There's a difference between a born again child of God and someone that hopes they are. If all you're doing is hoping you're okay, then you don't have it. Because God's given us a peace. He's given us a hope. He's given us himself. He dwells within us. There is a change. And Brother David, we know we're not perfect. We're going to fall. We're going to mess up. We're going to, I mean, just foul everything up. But praise God. Amen. (laughs) Praise God for conviction. Amen. I I don't want you to take me out of context, but I'm glad, Brother John, I'm glad when I do wrong, Somebody tells me I do wrong. Now Holy Ghost says, hey boy. And if it weren't for that, then I'd be like, whoa, I don't know about this. But it doesn't matter. It can be something little. (laughs) Y'all remember that little, it was a year ago. Y'all remember that little tube of uh, lip, lip gloss that I thought I paid for, but I didn't? And I thought, it's just $2. All right. Got to the car. Uh-uh. Holy Ghost said, Danny, uh-uh-uh. I had to go back in and pay for this cotton-picking piece of car match or whatever it was. The Holy Ghost of God, it won't let you pretend. All right, man. It's not going to let you pretend. (laughs) You say, how do you know? Because I've tried it. I'm not an authority on it, but I believe I can speak with authority about it. I have tried to pretend. I have tried to act right. I have tried to say the right things, all the while doing things ungodly and reprobate. The reason I could do those things is because God wasn't living in me. But when I, when I, I want to say this carefully, one old preacher used to say, when I got arrested by the high sheriff of heaven, (laughs) that'll help you right there. When I got arrested by the high sheriff of heaven and he put me in stocks and bonds and says only I can let you free. Honey, it was at that point that I realized I didn't have what I thought I had. And I've not been perfect, but I'm glad that I've been forgiven again and again. 
It's populated by pretenders. There, there's a lot of folks, a lot of folks in a lot of churches today that they are going to say, Lord, I remember doing this and I was doing it for you. But he says, I, I, I wish, I wish either me or Ashlyn would get the courage to sing this song called Everything But Mine. We have tried, we have tried, and we have tried to do so many things. And a songwriter wrote this song, Everything But Mine. And it says, though I knew your name, you weren't bad, you rarely lied, you never murdered, you were everything but mine. Full of pretenders. I gotta hurt. It's populated by rejectors. John, uh, John chapter three, verse number eighteen. You, you, you ought to know this. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Whoopee! Hallelujah! You believe on the Lord, you're not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Second Corinthians chapter number uh, 1 verse number 8 and 9. In flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hell is a place that is populated by rejectors. You look around our, our small community and, and you can see some of the lowest of the lows and you can see the highest of the highs. But I guarantee you, spanning that great distance, there are men that have accepted Christ and there are those that have rejected Christ. There are some out there right now that have not a dime to their name. But they have the Lord Jesus living in their lives. Yeah. There are some that they've got everything they would ever want. But they've rejected Christ. If they don't accept Him before their final breath, they will spend eternity in hell. You've got that man, you've got that woman that maybe is in a gutter. Maybe they're in a crack house somewhere in town. They, they, they have not a care in the world. They don't even know what world they're living in. But I want you to know something today. Right now, they may not know who Jesus is. But God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Whether it's that man that's in the crack house, or whether it's that, that woman of ill repute down the road, whether it's that mama that's got three different children by three different men. Whether it's that banker. Whether it's that man that's with another man. Or that woman with another woman and their lives are wrecked and ruined. There is a way out of this place. And that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. He said there in John chapter 3, He that believeth on Him, Jesus is not condemned. Amen. Sadly though, it goes on. It says, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Number three and last, it is a painful place. It is a place 
a painful place, and there's the pain of punishment. Excuse me. Second Peter chapter two, verse number nine. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. To be punished. I have to just kind of reiterate this. Hell is not going to be a, a, a frat party. Hell is not going to be some, some social gathering. It's going to be everlasting punishment. There's the pain of separation. I mentioned this earlier in verse number 26. Abraham said, Beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. There's a pain of separation. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 9. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction? Listen, from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. I don't know why, but my my heart is kind of focused on the younger folks in here this morning. We've got the little, little ones and we've got Teenagers or almost teenagers and little. I want you to know, if your mama or your daddy were to leave you, that's one thing. If you were to find yourself without them, that's one thing. Maybe you got separated. You didn't know where they were. I'm not talking about another room. I'm talking about another state. That'd be devastating. That'd be horrible. But to be separated from God for all eternity. Some of you young folks, you're, 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 you're not concerned about eternity because you still got mom and daddy. Mom and daddy's not going to get you into heaven. Matter of fact, depending on mom and daddy to get you into heaven will get you to hell. If all you're doing is depending on your mama's faith, your daddy's faith, then honey, you are sadly mistaken, young folks. But I want you to know today, whether you're a young boy or a young girl, hell is not just a curse word. Hell is a place. It is a real place. It is a prepared place. It is a populated place. And it is a painful place. It is not a place to be joked about or to be trifled with. It is not a place to be ignored. It is a place to be considered. But I'm glad this morning, as I've already said, it is a place that can be avoided. some of y'all outside of church. Some of y'all act the same inside of church. You just don't care. You don't care. I'm talking about young folks. You act as though everything's just whatever. It was your age that God got a hold of my Whatever. And truly began to change the way I thought about things. It was somebody preaching hard about sin, hard about hell, that got my attention. 
It was a preacher pointing his finger and saying how wicked that I was that got my attention. I didn't enjoy it while it was happening. But I sure do appreciate it now. I didn't have my mom and daddy to coddle me and say, Oh, don't worry about him. That's just his opinion. Hog to the wash on that. Brother Jody, hell is a place of pain. It's a place of separation. Imagine any of you young ones, imagine if your parents somehow were stripped away from you, how you would feel. Now imagine how much it may feel for all eternity for you to never experience the presence of God again. Thomas Watson wrote this. He said, if all the earth and sea were sand and every thousand years a bird would come and take away just one grain of sand, it'd be a long time before that heap of sand would be removed. Yet, if after all that time, all the damned, all those people in hell could be removed from hell, there would be some hope. He said, but the words forever and ever blot out all hope of coming out of hell. (laughs) You and I this morning, I, I would almost guarantee that every single one of us knows someone that needs to be saved. It could be someone on the pew with us. It could be someone in church with us. Maybe someone in our family. Maybe school. Maybe work. Maybe an acquaintance. Maybe you're here this morning and you're saved. Hell needs to be just as real today to you as it was the day you got saved. Maybe you're here lost and you've never really considered hell or you've talked yourself out of thinking about hell. Hell needs to be more real now than it ever has been. Let's come with a song of invitation this morning. I want to read the rest of our passage of Scripture. The rich man said in verse number 27, after he was told, there's a great gulf fixed. You, you can't come, you, you can't get to heaven and, and heaven's not going to come to you. Verse 27 said, then the rich man that was in hell said, I pray thee therefore, father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. If I can say it like this, they have the word of God. Let them, let your brothers hear them, the words of God. 
And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he says unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. The same holds true today. You still have the Word of God. It was spoken to you today. Are you going to hear it? Are you going to hear it? Or are you going to push it aside? You say, well, it wasn't meant for me. It was meant for somebody else. You can continue to tell yourself that if you want to. But there will be a reckoning day where you have to give an account for this message. Abraham said that they wouldn't believe one rose from the dead. This was before Christ was crucified. It was before Christ resurrected. I want you to know today that there is one that has risen from the dead. And his name was Jesus. In Romans chapter number 4, verse number 24 and 25, it says that, that Jesus died for your offenses. Everything that you've done wrong, every, y'all hear what I'm saying? Everything that you have done wrong, Jesus died for that. He paid the price, the penalty for that. But then it went on to say in verse 25 that He rose on the third day for your redemption and or justification. The reason that he died was because of your sin. The reason that he resurrected is so that you could get saved. This morning, I want us to stand. Let's bow our heads and, and pray.